Saturday, July 25th, 2020, road tripping with a couple of late teens and a couple of early 20s. All girls, I'm surrounded. <laughs> and we're just chatting about, we don't even know what quite yet, but I thought I'd start it off with an interesting story, which is the story about why I started doing this in the first place. About a year and a half ago, I was in my front yard watering the lawn with a hose, actually the bushes and shrubbery, things like that. And my father showed up and we started to talk. And out of the blue, I just said, you know what, dad? And he looked at me and smiled and said, it's time to put the irrigation system in, right? I said, exactly. Because we, we moved into this house, my daughter and I did, there was an irrigation system, but we destroyed it doing some renovations to the house. And for a few years, I actually enjoyed that 30 minutes of no-brainer time, just watering plants, not really thinking about anything and relaxing. But over time, it started to get away from me. I couldn't keep up, especially in the summers and would lose bushes and those sorts of things. And so anyway, he realized my father did exactly what was on my mind. And within about 30 seconds, a white truck pulled up in front of the house and it was a friend of mine. And he yelled up at me and said, you know, what are you doing? I said, I'm watering the bushes. He said, why are you doing that? I said, because I like it. And then I looked down and noticed that the side of his pickup had a logo on it. And he had obviously just gotten into or just started up a lawn irrigation installation business. So the truck dries up within 30 seconds of having said that, that it was time for an irrigation system. Anyway, he gets out of the truck, walks up into the lawn, and Within five minutes, he's walked the yard, giving me a quote, told me he could do it the next Tuesday, and the job was ready to roll, and he left. He was gone within five minutes of my father having uttered, it's time for a lawn irrigation system, right? So as he leaves, my father starts laughing, and he looks at me and says, why does this kind of thing happen to you all the time? He's obviously known me my entire life, right? I said, Dad, I have no idea. No idea. Maybe it's being open to the universe. I, I'm spiritual, but I don't believe in spirituality per se. I don't know why these things happen. They happen a lot. So anyway, two days later, I had a free day, which almost never happens. And I jumped in my Jeep, had my father come over to go for a road trip with me and our dog up to a town in the outskirts of Atlanta called Talking Rock. Curiosity had me. I just wanted to go check it out. And it's less than an hour from the house. So as we're pulling into Talking Rock, my father starts laughing again about the story about the lawn irrigation business and how that had happened and how funny it was to him and so forth. And we, we pull in anyway. And 
I don't notice anyone there. Very small Main Street drag. There's a train that is defunct on some train tracks with Talking Rock painted on it. It's been there for decades, obviously. There's a home that's been renovated and converted into an antique store. There's a hotel, an old one, that was vacant and for sale. Probably had four or five, maybe six rooms in it, two stories. A small firehouse and a cafe that serves no food. I've never been to a cafeteria that served no food before. I pull in front of the hotel and get out my phone and start looking for water in the area because one of the things I'm interested in looking for land on the outskirts would be to have some water, among other things. And I notice a man who, as it turned out, had already been there. I just hadn't noticed him taking pictures of the hotel, which meant he was taking pictures of us. So I watched him for a few seconds, and then I saw a look on his face that I recognized. And I told my dad I was going to talk to him. So as he walked by the Jeep on my father's side, the passenger side of the Jeep, I rolled the window down and said, how you doing? He said, I'm great. How are you? I said, I'm great. Where are you from? He said he was from Knoxville, Tennessee. I asked where we were from. I explained we were from Atlanta. I asked if he was looking at land and he said, yes. He was actually looking at the hotel because he's a filmmaker. He's in the film business and thought it would be a great place to put a studio because a lot of his work was actually down in Atlanta. And we weren't talking for more than two or three minutes when he finally said, you know, I don't even know why I'm here doing this. I'm going through a horrific divorce. My wife's a raging alcoholic and it's driving me and our son crazy. Dad looks over at me and smiles and kind of chuckles. In other words, it's happening again, right? Maybe a minute or two later, this man says, it actually gets worse. I think it was like the previous weekend or so, his son had come home from partying with friends and he was on an acid trip. I said, oof, man, I'm sorry to hear that. He said, well, that's fine. We'll deal with that part. But he proceeds to tell me while he's on acid that he thinks he's transgender. My father looks at me again and chuckles because I've experienced both of these scenarios. And at this point, the man asks my father, can I ask why you're laughing at this? Because it wasn't funny, right? And I said, do you have some time to go sit in the cafe? He says, sure. So we sat down in the cafeteria and talked for four hours. He recorded the conversation at some point because he's into podcasting and filmmaking and all that. And he asked, my permission I said fine and I could just see the stress the anxiety the fear I could feel it coming out of his body as we spent those four hours together 
and eventually we both we both had to drive home. We got commitments, so we did that. I went to bed that Saturday night, still thinking about it. And the next morning, I wake up to a text from him that says something to the effect of, "My friend, I just want you to know." I still can't tell this part of the story. That I think you saved my life. So we became and have stayed friends. I keep in touch with him. Great guy. And when he came to visit in Atlanta a couple months later, we went out for brunch. We chatted at the house first. He had brought his then son and his then business partner along with him. And we chatted at the house for about an hour about hobbies and interests and things of that nature. And we drove off to get some brunch together. And we walked in the restaurant and sat down. He looked at me and said, we were talking about you on the way from the house to the restaurant. And we all agree, you need to start a podcast. And I said, man, I've never even listened to a podcast. So he sent me on a path to explore some different genres and so forth. And it was, it's been quite fascinating. But eventually, during this whole pandemic COVID thing, I did start doing this. And he and I had a conversation. I said, you know, I not that interested in promoting a podcast for sure. I don't know if I'll have any listeners at all. And he said, let me ask you a question. Would you do this if you had a hundred listeners, just a hundred? I said, I'd do it for the right episode if there was just one and it was the right person, right? So that's what we're doing. I've done all the talking to get this thing started. I thought I'd kick it off. And by the way, don't worry. You say something you don't like, we can have it edited out. It's no big deal. But I was thinking, I'll I'll mention one thing about this week that kind of struck me. And then maybe one of you can think of something that struck you this week. Something maybe you learned that might be helpful to somebody out there listening, right? So I walked up to the rail on the back of our house at this beautiful scenery around us near the beach and everything and did this thing I do quite often when, when I'm in cool places because you can become complacent and take things for granted almost anywhere that you are and I imagine myself being at home standing on my back porch trying to decide is today the day that I shovel the ashes out of the fireplace and I got into that space maybe for 15 or 20 seconds and snapped back out of it and all of a sudden, it was like I had just arrived at the beach again. Really cool. Perspective, you know, gratitude. It wasn't a perfect week, was it? No. No. What's on your mind? Well, be careful who you trust is a good one. No question about that. And sometimes when you think you know somebody, you may not. You got to pick up on little subtle clues, right? For sure. All boys under 25 are immature and stupid. <laughs> yes. 
so this is something, being a boy who was once 25 and under, I do tell my girls and all of their friends just to constantly keep in the front of mind, not the back of mind, but the front of mind, that all boys, all of them, 25 and younger, are idiots. Some are not as idiotic as others, but it's just the way it is. And I'm afraid at my age, which is more than twice that, I may still be one. What else? <laughs> I'm bad at this. I've got one for you, and you can talk about this. You know, technology, schedules, distractions, so many things going in life. We don't take enough time, the opportunity to do things like that boil. Right. Planning it, the low country boil, getting the list ready, looking for mavens out there that have some expertise to provide some guidance, shopping, going back and forth between stores until we finally got everything. Right. What was it like to make that? It was really fun, honestly. I've only yeah. other, uh, I've only ever done it one time before, but it was a really, really small batch because it was just for my boyfriend and myself. And um, we were a little nervous about not having a big old pot to cook in at first. We were like, "How are we going to make this happen?" Because we had the tiny six quart pot. That's all we had at the house. But once we got that pot from uh, your friends down the street specifically for low country boils. I mean, that just set us up for success. We were and, off to the races, right? Yeah, right. And we got some tips and tricks from a friend in Charleston who does lots of low country boils. So, I mean, there was really, we were just set up for success. I think we were stressed out at first, but it was yeah. amazing. All the stress was gone as soon as that first crab, crab leg hit the tongue. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> that was great, wasn't it? It was cute to see everyone. It was. Together too, it was like, nice because we didn't get to yeah. sit down and have a family dinner together the whole That's week. Right. Yeah. That's right. I mean, maybe that pizza the first no, night. Oh, right. But that wasn't the same. Sitting no, down together, pushing pause, eating a meal that was prepared by the four of you with a little bit of help from a couple of dads and whatnot. But that was... Um, that was an awesome end of the week. Really Just taking the time to do right. that, spending time with family, you know, is so like important. A family gathering after the storm. Yeah. Well, we did cook it with extra love, so that's probably why it was so good. That's exactly right. <laughs> that's exactly right. Being outdoors too, you know, I know right. you do a great job of that, right? Yeah. Every week, not I, everybody does that enough. I go outside all day every day if the weather is nice the second i wake up i go outside on my back porch and i drink a cup of joe and i just listen to the birds water my water my plants it's my favorite thing uh, there's nothing like being outdoors or being on a bicycle the exercise in general we, we come up with these reasons some of us do or have in life to not get the appropriate amount of exercise and I've always said if you bike yeah we're, I think all guilty at some point you know if you could just get on the bike and right. crank one turn of the pedals 
you're done. You know, if your father and I went for a ride yesterday to go to, you know, like a beach bar and have a beer in the afternoon. Yeah. Well, the beach bar was, I don't know, two miles away, maybe two and a half. So if we had just gone there and had a beer and come back, that was five miles, but we got in 15. And we My got goodness. in, we got in a, you know, maybe a 13 mile ride before sitting down to do that. Get on the bike and you're good to go. Okay. That's one thing that I've really refocused well on during this whole, since mid-March, is getting after it every single day. You know, creating habits where it's right. not that you find reasons not to do something, it's where you you can't not do it because you're so dialed in. Right. right? Anything else back there, peanut gallery? You don't have to have anything. We're just talking. There is some we don't want to talk about on the podcast, which is fine, which is fine. You know, another one struck me this week. Yeah, there's a sign that says peanut right there. Peanuts. Oh, peanuts, P-nuts. The peanut gallery, you just you know, though, I was a couple of days ago shot over to catch up with some friends from Atlanta and from Texas, and the Texans had literally never had boiled peanuts. I didn't have boiled peanuts until I was in the eighth grade because I moved here from Indiana. Right. I had my first boiled peanut in the eighth grade, and I didn't even know boiled peanuts existed until that very day. It was Georgia Day where we were learning about Georgia. They loved them. They mowed through a complete bag in about seven and a half minutes. It was funny to watch. They're so addicting. You they, know the big cups you can get from the gas station, like absolutely. I can eat an entire an entire thing of Cajun boiled peanuts to myself. In twelve minutes. And I minutes. do it often. Yeah, I love <laughs> I love those things. You know, another one struck me this week, which happens a lot in life. Sometimes very difficult decisions are extremely simple, but they're not easy. Simple, but not easy, right? Hard decisions, in fact. Trust your guts. You guys all have good judgment. We talked about your judgment the other day, right? Yeah. You all have good judgment. Trust your judgment. Right. And your gut instincts, for sure. Well, you know, we're obviously not going to talk about the situation that happened, but before anything really took place, um, I had a gut feeling that there was something off about the energy in the house with everyone, and I couldn't put my finger on it, so, you know, I just kind of was like, whatever, just brush it to the side, and then, of course, you know all of the things that happened the first full day we were there was just it, it reinforced my knowing that my gut is almost always right yeah adversity tension very oftentimes does not bring out the best in us 
even if we, we're not the catalyst for whatever has happened. It's really hard to keep that stuff under control, but it's important for sure. All in all, though, I would say a great week. It's been wonderful to spend all this time with you. I had a great time. And everyone else that was there with us. And I'm already looking forward to the next one. I cannot wait. Good stuff. Not so random thoughts from a grateful mind and soul. Hopefully with a dose of pragmatically positive perspective and prognostication that may or may not be of use somewhere else in the universe. I'm big on gratitude, so thank you for listening. I'm big on latitude, so never stop contemplating, prognosticating, learning, and growing. I'm big on attitude, so maintain a pragmatically positive perspective. And today is a great day to be alive. Seize it. (laughs) 